I'm Linda McHenry, host of The Writer's Voice, and I have a poet with me today. We haven't had any poets, and Alice Persons is not only a poet, she's also the publisher and editor at Moon Pie Press. How are you, Alice? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, sure. I'm very glad to have you. Poetry is different from a lot of the things we've been talking about on The Writer's Voice. A lot of my guests have been mystery writers and thriller writers, um, but I have had a poet, uh, an award-winning poet in Scotland, as a matter of fact, who also writes true crime. But why don't you talk to us today about the poetry outlets? Because they're not quite so plentiful as they are for other types of writing, are they? No, they're not. And in fact, I think it's fair to say if you get a poetry book published, it's kind of a miracle because <laughs> there are so many more good quality poetry books produced each year than there are publishing slots that it can be very frustrating. And it doesn't always reflect on the quality of what the book is that the poet has produced, but it's very hard some people submit their books over and over. I, I know people who've submitted for five years. Wow. And yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I would have the patience to do that. But, you know, that's one reason why people sometimes turn to self-publishing. But, you know, if you're, if you're affiliated with an MFA program or some sort of academic program, sometimes that's helpful. Yeah. But the truth is that big publishers don't publish much poetry because it doesn't make much money or any money probably. And the small presses, it's very hard to sustain them. So they go out of business a lot. So then it's fair to say that the chances of getting published are quite small. Yes, you have to be persistent and lucky and have a really good book. Okay, can you think of any specific tips that you might want to share for people in addition to what you just mentioned, any tips to increase the chances of getting published? Sure. Well, I can tell you from my own perspective, having done this, having published poetry books for 17 years, I get a lot of unsolicited manuscripts. Mm -hmm. And even though it says right on my website, don't send me any unsolicited manuscripts. <laughs> and first of all, you need to honor whatever the publisher is asking of you. So if they say, don't send me an unsolicited manuscript, probably don't do that. Send an inquiry with say five or 10 poems from your book. And I'm happy to look at, you know, I don't have to have heard of somebody. If you send me a, an inquiry and say, could you look at these five or 10 poems, which are, you know, representative of my book, I have a book of 50 pages or whatever. That's a lot easier for people to handle. Mm -hmm. And the other big tip I would say is if you have a whole manuscript length book, have at least five, maybe even 10 of the poems in that book have been published somewhere, because that gives you credibility. It means that you have taken the time to send stuff out. You've gotten poems accepted and published. They don't have to be in the New Yorker, you know, or some really um, hot stuff um, journal, but they do have, I think, I think it, it, it really lends credibility to your, to your work. Well, just like anybody else, you know, you, you want to make sure that the poet not only knows how to write poetry, but knows the business as well, and that they're seriously pursuing a career as a poet, even as you say, although it doesn't necessarily generate millions of dollars of income, but can't <laughs> poets also write other stuff? Now, if you received some poetry from someone who was also published in another genre, does that influence you at all? Or does it help add to the credibility of the person submitting? from a professional sense? Absolutely, it does. And also, of course, you know, the obvious, which probably should be stated anyway, that you, when you send an inquiry letter or email nowadays, have it spelled correctly, be mm -hmm. polite, 
give me a little bio of what your your background is, you know, and maybe if this is your second book, let me know what the first one was and who published it and just obvious stuff like that. You know, I have all kinds of stories about egregious mistakes that people have made. One of one of the most amazing to me was I got an email from a poet who I'd never heard of. That doesn't mean much, but in India. And this person, it was an unsolicited manuscript, and he sent me a manuscript that had a thousand poems in it. Oh, my. It actually crashed my computer. <laughs> when you opened it. Oh, no. Yes. No, it was it was fixable. But boy, I thought, OK, there is a bad way to submit a book. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, the thing is, too, is, I mean, it, with anything else, whether you're writing mystery or romance or horror or short stories, Again, you've got to be a professional if you want to be published. I would think you would need to go to, the, like you said, the publisher's website, see what their submission guidelines are, make sure you follow them, make sure you've done your work, you've paid your dues as far as knowing that. I think that a lot of creative people think that the only thing they need to do is create. Right. And that once they create this wonderful either poem or short story or book, everybody's just going to just lay down and die and do everything for them. And unfortunately, that's not how it works. And and I would imagine if someone is a poet and they don't write other things, they don't have an awareness of what the publishing industry is like. And, and I mean, publishing poems is just like publishing anything else. Publishing is publishing. Right. That's true. And also, people should uh, study the market. You know, there's this very helpful book called Poets and Writers Market, which I'm sure you know about. I get solicitations from them all the time. <laughs> right, right. And I do too, but they always want me to run ads, you know. Mm -hmm. Study the presses in there and then take a look at, at the online journals. Same thing when you're submitting stuff to get published. Figure out what are my poems like? If these editors seem to like this kind of poem and that's the kind of poem I write, then obviously I'd have a better chance of getting published if I submit my stuff there. And pay attention to things like, is this press actually still in business? Has it died? Because it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you're double submitting, let people know that. I mean, nowadays, it's so much easier than it used to be because people use submittable yep. instead of the old stamped envelope thing mm -hmm. that we all did for, you know, years and years. Yep. That old S-A-S-E. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was such a pain. It was such a pain. But one of my pet peeves is when you don't hear back from people. My, my uh -huh. belief is that when you when somebody submits something, whether it's a manuscript or a poem or a story or whatever, you know, within six months, someone should send you a, some kind of form letter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's hard when you just send things out into the void and then you have no idea. You never hear from the people again. It's hard on people's egos. Mm -hmm. So I try to reply to everybody who sends me whatever, even if it's unsolicited. Yeah. Uh -huh. But since I'm a, basically a one-person show, I get more than enough submissions, mm -hmm. which is sometimes surprising to me because I wonder, how did these people find me? I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the Writer's Almanac mm -hmm. because my press has had 27 poems on the Writer's Almanac. Mm -hmm. And that has been like this huge publicity boon for the press. Mm -hmm. I'd never mm -hmm. expected that, but it's great. Well, I, mean, I suppose just like anything else, if you're publishing quality work, people know about it. Now, you and I have talked about a lot of poets who have this large body of work and they want to get it published. And they get frustrated because they submit and either they don't hear or they submit and they get a response mm -hmm. and either they don't agree with it or they try to follow the advice or they don't follow the advice. And then after whatever the period of time is, whether it's one year or 10 years, they decide they want to self-publish. 
Hmm. You, I know, have some tips about that and you have some advice about that. And sometimes you think it's good, but more often than not, if someone has some really good work, you don't necessarily agree with that. So in light of the fact that there are not enough poetry outlets <laughs> and your chances are slim, what's your take on getting published versus self-publishing? And when do you think it's a good idea? Well, it depends on some factors. One is some people may not care whether very many people ever read their book. For example, I'm thinking of someone who's 85 years old and they really want to get their poetry book out and they want to give it to their family and their friends. And they, they're not thinking that they're going to go on a reading tour or that they're going to do much marketing or, or self-promotion or whatever. That is a time when self-publishing really makes sense, where the time is limited. But I mean, I have self-published my own books, which is one of the perks of having a press because I can do my own book, you know, mm -hmm. which is great. But if you're going to do it yourself, you have to make sure it's professional looking. You have to have good copy editing. You have to have a decent book design. You want it to have an eye-catching cover and you want it to be your best work. Don't just publish it because you wrote it or you think it's good. You need to get feedback from somebody else. And there's nothing wrong with self-publishing. And if you look up famous people who did self-publishing, you'll find all kinds of examples of people who had fabulous books, like who couldn't get a publisher. They got rejected a zillion times. And then they finally said, well, I'm just going to self-publish this. And that's fine. But the other part that I get upset about is that, that there are these companies out there who I think prey on people who are looking to self-publish. Yeah. They charge way too much money you know, with digital printing nowadays, your book doesn't have to cost very much to print. You just need a really good copy editor and you should be willing to pay for that. If you don't know somebody who'll do it for free, you need several eyes, pairs of eyes going over your book meticulously to make sure it doesn't have any errors. And you need to have gotten feedback from people whose opinion you trust about whether this book is ready to go out there in the world. Are these poems done? Are they good? Are they finished? And of course, if you're in a writing group, they can help you with that very much. So again, basically all the same steps that writers of novels and short stories and novellas and magazine articles, the process is still the same. It's just the product that's slightly different. Right. And the product with poetry is the, the ex, your expectations are so different because no, first of all, no one's going to be able to quit their day job or get rich as a poet. I mean, even Billy Collins, you know, has to have a teaching job. And there's so few exceptions to that. And in a way that's freeing because people don't have the expectation of, oh, I'm going to be able to make a living doing this. But as you say, it's still a business and mm -hmm. you still have to be savvy about the realities of marketing and being proactive, promoting your book, unless you don't care whether you sell very many copies of the book. Some people actually don't. So it's a labor of love. You love poetry. You want to do a good job. Again, you want your best work. You want to be published, but the goal isn't to hit the bestseller list with your favorite poem. Right, right. <laughs> so you mentioned you've been doing this for 17 years. Why don't you tell us? I mean, if so many poetry presses go out of business and can't maintain it, why don't you give us a little, I'm giving you a marketing opportunity here. Tell us about Moon Pie Press, when and how you started it and how you've been able to maintain it as a viable press for all these years. Well, because I'm, I'm kind of a masochist, I think is the honest <laughs> answer. <laughs> you know, my friend Nancy Henry, who was a law school classmate of mine and a poet, a very fine poet, um, we were 
talking about poetry opportunities and she had submitted many more poems than I had. And she had had something like, I don't know, 300 poems published in journals, which I was very impressed by. But she had been sending out a book manuscript for years and she had been entering contests. That's another thing people can do is enter contests to see if you can win some sort of prize for your manuscript, which is obviously very helpful. Mm -hmm. And she was just so frustrated. She, and, and we were sitting around having a glass of wine and she said, you know what? You know, we're never gonna get our poetry books published. And we said, why don't we start our own poetry press? And we're like, yeah, yeah, what a great idea with, you know, and then we had to figure out what that really meant. But <laughs> we started out by publishing chapbooks, which are just stapled folded books mm -hmm. that you can get made at a copy shop. Mm -hmm. And they were selling for, I think, $3 each, very modest, which is how a lot of poets begin with a chapbook or several chapbooks. And, oh, I, I don't know, at least I'd say 12 years ago, we went to Bound Books. And as I mentioned before, with digital printing, they're very affordable. And I work with a printer here in Portland, Maine, which is just great. Mm -hmm. And basically you, you set up the book, you send them a PDF. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to see these people. They can be anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then they print it and I can get books within a week. I like having one in Portland because I can just go over and pick them up. Yeah. If I don't want to have them shipped directly to the poet. But anyway, so Nancy left the press after a few years. She moved to Massachusetts. But I have kept it going because I really enjoy it. You know, I never expected to make money. And, you know, that expectation has been met. Um, but my goal is to break even every mm -hmm. year. I donate my own work. I do all the copy editing. I do a l limited amount of marketing. But it's just so fun to, the thrill that's, that somebody has when you tell them that you've accepted their book and they're going to have their book published. It's, it's fabulous, you know. <laughs> it's just, it's so fun. And, I also love the book design aspect of it. I like doing the covers. Mm -hmm. That's really fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like having a dictatorship. I get to decide everything, you know, <laughs> whether I accept the book, how the book is organized, what it looks like, of course, with input from the poet. But I like that. I'm a control freak. So I really like that. <laughs> you know? But, but the thing is, is you care about it. And I think that's really important. It seems to me, I mean, as a writer, I wouldn't want to submit my work to someone and have them just consider it just another piece of product running off an assembly line and they didn't care about it. It sounds to me in your case, and it's probably the case with a lot of the poetry presses. Everybody is an individual and, and they have certain likes and dislikes. And if you happen to find someone who mm -hmm. appreciates your work and has a feel for it and loves it, then it sounds like you're good to go. And I mean, just like anything else, it's a crapshoot, whether you can find someone who matches, right? <laughs> That's true. That's very true. And it's so satisfying. You know, I love, I love getting these books out there. I love it when the poets email me and say, I need a reprint. I need more books because I just keep selling and selling and selling. It's like, yes, I love that. <laughs> you know? Good. It, it, yeah, it's great. And I just, I'm going to keep doing it till I can't do it anymore because I know I'll never run out of good manuscripts. You know, I, I would say I turn down at least 10 to 12 manuscripts for each one that I can accept. Okay. And what are the reasons you turn them down? Because obviously those are, you know, any tips you can give us about that, that would be a tip to somebody, you know, who's getting rejection. Sure. What do you see most often? Well, sure. Um, some of this I have on my website if people want to okay. look it up, but like there's certain kinds of poetry that, that I don't publish just because they're not, they don't appeal to me. Okay. So like I don't do children's poetry uh, or political poetry or religious poetry mm -hmm. or anything that has hate speech in it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of seems obvious to me. And I'm 
generally looking for uh, books that are a certain length. They can't be too long or too short. They need to be at least 50 pages. So basically you're saying what every other publisher says, you have your guidelines. And if somebody submits something that doesn't meet your guidelines, you're not going to accept it. So what percentages of those 10 that you get that you reject is simply because they submitted it to the wrong place, but you don't even have to look at it to know that it's not going to work. Um, I'd say at least half. Yeah, that would be my guess. So that's pretty scary that half the people who are submitting are submitting to the wrong place. I know. And it makes me wonder whether they're just doing the shotgun approach where they just decided because everything is digital now, I'm going to submit this to 50 small presses without even looking at the guidelines or what kind of poetry. Because you can go on my website and I have a sample poem from each of my 114 mm -hmm. books. So if you're wondering, well, what kind of poetry does this editor like? You can go on there and read a zillion poems. And you know, if your poetry seems kind of like that, it's like when people say, well, how do you get stuff on the writer's almanac? Read the writer's almanac or listen to it and look at those anthologies that Garrison Keillor has done. It's so obvious. He loves cat. He likes family type poems. He likes humor. People just don't do their research. I think you're right. Here's my take and then we're going to have to go. But my take is... And this is the way it is with everybody. Anybody who is in business, they're in business for a particular reason. So mm -hmm. if you're a writer, you're a writer for a reason. Mm -hmm. Some people only focus on what they're doing and that's it. Like people start a business, you know, I make this great widget. Okay. They don't think about sales or marketing or having employees or anything else. They think that because they're so great at creating whatever this product is, they don't <laughs> need to worry about anything else. And I think you're right. I think some of those people just don't do any research. They just think it's going to happen somewhere else. And there's probably a lot of different reasons for it. Now of the other half of the half that do submit to you and they're mm -hmm. submitting to you specifically because they think you're a good fit. Why don't you feel the same way? Well, some of it is very subjective. If I read a manuscript and I, it really grabs me, I sort of can fall in love with a book the way any book editor does. Mm -hmm. Say there are 50 really strong poems and two not so strong poems, then realistically, the person who submitted that to me, if I wrote to them and said, gee, I'd love to publish your book, but I think you should take these two poems out because they're not as good. They should say, okay, you know, <laughs> instead of arguing. <laughs> you know? Right, 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 <laughs> you know? right. But it is, it is very subjective. I, I tend to, you know, I have my own taste. What can I say? You know, I, I, I try to be somewhat inclusive. And I think it's fair to say that there's a real range of different kinds of poems and poets in, that have, who have been published by Moon Pie Press. And by the way, they're not all main poets. I have mm -hmm. published books by people in New York City, in Seattle, in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I haven't even met some of the poets who, who have published their books, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. So again, it's one of those things you have to be able to connect with whoever's reading, whether it be your editor or somebody else. Right. Well, thank you, Alice, for joining me. Now, for those of you who want to see what the submission guidelines are and read some of the poems, you can find Alice's Moon Pie Press online at moonpiepress.com. And you have any of your work there. Well, I have my books on there and some sample poems. Sure. You do have some of yours there as well. Okay, cool. Yep. I would, it stands to reason if you published it, you would, right? <laughs> yes. And Moon Pie Press also has a Facebook page and I have a blog, which I'd be very happy if people followed my blog. So I don't think we're hard to find online. No, not at all. Well, thank you for joining me and do keep in touch. We'll have you back again sometime. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>